Tis the season to be jolly, fa-la-la-la-la. It seems unlike any Christmas we've known before, but it's still Christmas. You know, in Christmas, uh, in Finland, Christmas is kind of a big deal. And they have a, a great tradition that happens every year. In fact, it's, it has happened every year since the 1300s. That's kind of a serious tradition going on for more than 700 years. This tradition is called the Declaration of Christmas Peace. Early, now each year at noon on Christmas Eve, the Christmas Peace is declared in the city of Turku. The proclamation is read, usually by a city official, from the balcony of a very historic mansion at the center of town in the Old Great Square. It's broadcast on the radio and television, and of course, nowadays, you can stream it live on the internet. This declaration serves as a reminder and encouragement to spend the holiday in harmony, to threaten offenders with harsh punishments, and to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. The proclamation reads, Tomorrow, God willing, is the graceful celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior, and thus is declared a peaceful Christmas time to all by advising devotion and to, to behave otherwise quietly and peacefully because he who breaks this peace and violates the peace of Christmas by any illegal or improper behavior shall under aggravating circumstances be guilty and punished according to what the law and statutes prescribe for each and every offense separately. Finally, a joyous Christmas feast is wished to all inhabitants of the city. Don't mess with the Finns Christmas, they take it pretty seriously. <laughs> but this declaration is a great way to usher in Christmas with a reminder of Christ's coming and the peace he brings into the world. If you've been with us, you've been journeying with us this past week towards Christmas, you know that we've been celebrating Advent. As a quick reminder, the word Advent means coming or arrival, and the season is marked by expectation, waiting, anticipation, and longing. Advent is not just an extension of Christmas, it's a season that links the past, present, and future. Advent offers us the opportunity to share in the ancient longing of the coming of the Messiah, to celebrate his birth, and to be alert and waiting for his second coming. Advent looks back in celebration at the hope fulfilled in Jesus' coming, while at the same time, it looks forward in hopeful and eager anticipation to the second coming of Christ and his kingdom when he returns for his people. During Advent, we wait for both. It's an active, assured, and hopeful waiting. Each week, we're focusing on a different attribute of God represented in the coming of Jesus, hope, peace, joy, and love. Each of these traits leads us into a, into a rediscovery of Christmas. And I'm glad that you're here with us today to rediscover peace, the second attribute we find in the coming of Christ. We are also looking at different characters in the biblical Christmas story and seeing how they encountered the arrival of Jesus in the world. When we think of peace embodied in the Christmas story, we can't help but think of the shepherds. They were the unlikely recipients of God's message of peace. Let's read Luke's account about them together. It, it is such 
a beautiful and poetic part of scripture. Maybe that's especially true for those of us who grew up watching uh, a Charlie Brown Christmas. Linus recites this and he tells Charlie Brown, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. This is my favorite part in the whole TV um, show when Linus does this. It is a great moment in TV history, but long before that happened, long before TV was even imagined, this was still a beautiful, inspired writing by Luke. So we will read from the book of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In this short amount of scripture, in these few paragraphs, there is so much to glean and to learn and to celebrate. To begin, this scripture is like God's birth announcement to the world. And what a way to announce a long-awaited event that happened in such an unexpected way. Suddenly, in the middle of a dark an ordinary night in the Bethlehem countryside, an angel appears in the sky and is then joined by a sky full of angels. The New Living Translation calls them the armies of heaven. And it's hard to imagine just how magnificent and bright and terrifying and glorious a sight this must have been. I mean, just imagine. The closest thing that I can think of is, um, if you're familiar with Camp Romito, it's kind of out in the country, Sometimes they'll turn off all their lights at night when there's an evening service out in the nature chapel. And you can look up and see all the stars on a clear night. There's no city lights, it's just pure darkness. And this is what it was like for the shepherds. There weren't any city lights glowing, there wasn't the glow of house lights and stuff like that. It was just pitch darkness. And all of a sudden, the angels appear. And then there's the sound of the angels. All together, these incredible angels are praising God, probably singing and declaring glory to God in heaven and peace on earth to all humanity. I wonder what kind of language or languages they were singing or speaking, what kind of melody and harmony. 
it must have sounded beautiful. How loud it must have been. And were shepherds the only ones who could hear it? Of course, the audience for this grand announcement would seem to have been the most important VIPs, the rich and the famous, the political powers, the kings and queens, the movers and shakers of the world, right? Wrong. You know the story. It's those shepherds, those completely ordinary, average Joe, night shift working animal tenders who are the most unlikely, most unexpected recipients of this message of peace, wholeness, and God's favor. It's yet another scene in how God is perfectly flipping the script on what we humans would expect and plan to do if we were to save the world. This is not the way we would do it. But thanks be to God, it was his way. But the whole experience certainly leaves us asking, why shepherds? Why these completely unexpecting and unassuming guys? Maybe it's because the shepherds tie many biblical threads together. First, the shepherds remind us of the patriarchs of Israel. They were shepherds and nomadic animal tenders, roaming ranchers of the ancient world. Abraham was the original recipient of God's covenant that he would bless all nations of the world. And this promise was carried on through Abraham's descendants, Isaac, Jacob, and beyond. David, Israel's greatest king, we all know about him, was a shepherd as well. He was a shepherd before he was anointed king of Israel. But the shepherds were the everyman. They were nothing special. They had no entitlement, no pride or arrogance, no religious bloating. They fit right into this process of introducing God's Messiah. A humble carpenter and a peasant girl as parents for the Son of God. A birth in a lowly stable surrounded by animals, rough and rugged shepherds out in the fields on the edge of the more refined civilization. These were the have-nots, examples of God raising and using the humble and turning the world as we know it on its head. Those considered by the society as the most holy, they had no place at the manger. They were not invited, and they were not able to witness the arrival of the Messiah. These shepherds also signify Jesus' future ministry and teaching. Sheep might be dumb, they might have been lowly animals, but they were very important animals in the Jewish culture. The Passover lamb was the sacrifice of an ancient Jew would make during the most important holiday. Its blood was the atonement for a person's sins, the cost that had to be paid to restore a person with God. And each time it was done, it was a reminder of the original Passover, of how God rescued the Israelites from Egypt, how he had delivered them from the hand of oppression. You and I know that Jesus was entering our world to fulfill, to fulfill his identity as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So how fitting that the shepherds would be the first to know. He was the ultimate sacrifice and payment for our sins. His death did away with the need for these sacrificial lambs. Hebrews tells us, once and for all, Jesus died. No more sacrifices are necessary because Christ was the complete sacrifice. 
His resurrection made it possible for us to be fully restored in our relationship with God. His life made it possible to experience true peace. Shalom in the Hebrew language and culture. This word and the concept encapsulates the completeness and wholeness of God's original creation. Christ came to give us peace. It's probably partly for all these reasons that God sent his angelic messengers to announce the birth of his son to shepherds. It certainly reminds us that God's favor is not based on human standards. His favor is on all those who humbly acknowledge their brokenness and accept the gifts of hope, peace, joy, and love that truly only comes from Jesus. Peace is not based on class or position, income or occupation, but on God's purpose and design to bring good news that will cause great joy for all people. Even in today's world, we get to celebrate good news to all people. I think the shepherds also lead us into several insights about our own intersection with God's peace. Have you ever experienced a hurricane? Maryland has had several within my lifetime, a couple that has really, that have really done damage. But if you've lived long enough, you've probably seen the eye of a hurricane, probably on a TV weather map, like the, one of the local news stations will always show the eye of the storm, or they'll show the airplane flying into the eye of the storm. It's quite an eerie experience if you've lived through it. Because out of the storm, all of a sudden, comes this peace. It's a true stillness right at the center of the angry winds blowing. In the eye of the storm, the winds calm. The rains cease. There's a pause. It's temporary. It doesn't last And then those winds start howling again. The rain starts to pour down and you continue to experience the storm. It's kind of like uh, those freeze frame moments in movies, you know, everything's chaotic and everything is happening around the character. And then there's the freeze frame on that character. And it seems just for a tiny moment of reality, everything stops for that person. It's a brief millisecond of clarity or pause. How's your Christmas season? How's it going this year? How's it been in the past year? How's it typically go? Is it a hurricane? If we're honest, we might choose words like busy, hectic, frantic, Often those are the words we use to describe our lives at this time of year. In addition to normal life, we have gift buying, decorating, work sometimes has overtime. Maybe it's an overloaded schedule that robs you of your peace. Or maybe it's something more, because life continues even though we celebrate Christmas. There are relational conflicts, pressures at work, a lost job, an illness, you name it. This year we have plenty to choose from. For many of us, peace sounds like a long way off. 
a good idea. Even for some of us, it's a dream. A nice thought for the holidays, something we long for. If this is where you find yourself today, I want to encourage you. Jesus shows up when the storms of life threaten our peace and hope and joy. Jesus shows up. He is there with us when loved ones seems lost. When love seems lost, the way forward is totally unclear, and life is just chaotic. But this is where God appears. This is where the Christ child is born. This is where the angels show up in the middle of Israel's dark night of Roman oppression and centuries of suffering and wondering, where's God? In the middle of a world turned upside down for a young Jewish couple who have found themselves at the center of cosmic events, while at the same time trying to navigate the normal life realities of paying their taxes by traveling on foot across the country to be counted by the government. And having to experience childbirth for the first time far from home without the support and care of the women and midwives who would have guided Mary through this painful process. <coughs> and then, these were first-time parents. They had met, never experienced this before. They were awaiting the joys and wonder with fear and trepidation expecting the responsibility of having their first son. But it was God's son. First-time parents know this all too well. They know all these feelings. And we think it's hard right now in 2020 becoming a new parent. I can't imagine what Mary and Joseph were thinking or what they were going through. In all of these circumstances, in all of these struggles, this is where God showed up. And this is where God continues to show up for us. In our pain, he shows up. In our fears, our confusion, he shows up. In our grief, in our loss, God shows up. In this year of uncertainty, God is showing up. I don't know every hardship you are facing today <coughs> or every pain you are feeling but God does. He's there showing up, bringing peace to calm your heart, peace that defies your circumstances. I know some of you may be saying, well, that's great for you to say, easy for you to say, and it sounds really nice, but you don't know how much it hurts. You're right. I don't know specifically how much you hurt. I can only imagine how awful things can be for you and how unfair it seems. But again, let me encourage you that there is a peace that is deeper. There is a peace that defies your circumstances. In the face of all of it, in the face of all you're feeling and in the face of all you're going through, God's peace just doesn't make sense. But it's real. We may not always understand it, but it is real. And it's healing. And it guards your heart from continuing wounds, and it protects your mind from the onslaught of anxiety. In Philippians, the Apostle Paul describes the process like this. Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So let us be encouraged today, no matter what we are facing, that this process begins with us turning to God, bringing our hearts and bringing our hurts and questions and doubts and whys and needs to him, to God. As Paul says it, in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. We don't fully understand it, but there is power in prayer. And the longer you're a Christian, and the more prayer time you have, the more you experience this power, a transformation that grows from gratitude. It's not the power of getting our way or convincing God to see things our way. Of course, we can try, and he will listen. He always listens. But much more than that, the power of prayer happens in this wonderful experience of peace as our perspective changes and finds an understanding that God is with us no matter what, and an acknowledgement and acceptance that he's got this. God can be trusted. God is enough. He shows up in our most darkest nights, and he gives us a peace that only he can give, that we don't fully understand because it surpasses human knowledge. And all this peace comes back to a person. Peace is a person. Peace is Jesus, the one we celebrate today, his birth. For he came to bring us peace. Paul says in Philippians 2.14, for he, Jesus, himself is our peace. And long before his arrival on earth, the prophet Isaiah called Jesus the Prince of Peace. In Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, we read, <coughs> For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government, and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. There are some political sounding overtones to this message, which makes it easy to see why the Jews who wanted their political freedom and independence were eager to see a political Messiah. But more importantly, there are tones of the completion of Christ's work and his eventual establishment of God's kingdom. But most of all, this child that is born, this son that is given to us, brings the power and rule of his peace in our personal lives. He is the bringer of peace between us and God, the sacrificial lamb, the giver of life. He is the embodiment of shalom, wholeness that we find in relationship with him. Jesus is the God who comes to be with us, Emmanuel. And he offers us this invitation in this Advent season and always. 
we find this invitation in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What a great offer of peace. Let's let those words wash over us as we hear them again. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. That is the invitation every day. Of course, in this second week of Advent, we look at the Prince of Peace who brings us peace. Even when the winds blow and the storms swirl, we can come to him and worship him like the shepherds. Even when we find ourselves in the darkest night or in a variety of storms, come to him because he is here. For those who are here and for those who are watching online, the invitation is clear. Come to me. Maybe you've never come to Jesus. You've never experienced this hope and peace that only he gives. Maybe you have and you've been walking with Christ for a long time, but it seems this year the peace seems so far away. With everything that's happening in 2020, it seems peace is almost an impossibility. But let me assure you, God is showing up. He is here with us now and forever. Traditionally, we would have a <clears throat> what's called an altar call. Of course, because of COVID, that's really not safe right now. But the altar is always open. The offer always stands. If you want to know peace, then you need to know Jesus. So today, make that decision. If you want to talk to somebody, contact the church, contact me. If you need prayer, let us know. We're always happy to pray with you. Because we know that Jesus does bring peace for all times, even for eternity. So this week, as we continue to traverse and travel through the Advent season, may Jesus be your peace. May he guard your soul with peace. May he fill your spirit with the wholeness of peace. And may he rule in your heart as the eternal Prince of Peace. Let's pray. <clears throat> Jesus, we come because we are weary and we are burdened. Life is swirling around us like a hurricane. Storms are raging. The waves are crashing into our boats. So we come to you because you are able to speak peace into our lives. You are able to say, peace, be still. 
and the waves cease. Because you are peace. God, we celebrate you today. And we remember, on this second Sunday of Advent, we remember your birth and all that means to us. But we also remember today your death and what that means to us. As we partake of the Lord's Supper, we ask, O oh God, that you would remind us how great your love is for us. As we remember the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus gave, he gave himself on the cross of Calvary so that we might have life and have it abundantly and we could have right relationship with you. Thank you, O oh God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.